Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. And as always, my name is Kyle, and today we're going to be sort of talking a little bit about reptile enrichment and uh, sort of my uh, thoughts on uh, everything to do with reptile enrichment and uh, how to sort of uh, get a program going and everything like that, because this is really a topic that I get, um, you know, almost more questions than uh, than any other topic. Um Reptile enrichment is one of those uh, big ones that people really seem to uh, want some more information on. Um, so instead of uh, you know answering so many questions, I thought I would record a shorter podcast about it and uh, maybe go into more depth than I can on a social media post. So that's sort of what we're going to be talking about now. And on a side note, it has been a little while since my last episode. Uh, we are sort of working on a better format to get these out, um, you know, more regularly, but, uh, been a busy time. So, uh, thank you for listening to this episode, even though I haven't posted anything in a little while. So, uh, let's get into talking about, uh, some of the reptile enrichment. So the main thing that I'm really going to be focusing on today is, uh, with reptile enrichment is reptile enrichment at the exhibit level because I find a lot of the time um, when I'm getting these questions and uh, you know when people are sending me pictures of some of their reptile exhibits and and holdings and things like that asking me for ideas um, the main thing that jumps out and really one of the things that jumps out at me um, about a lot of these questions and uh, you know, the, these exhibits that people are sending me pictures of and just, you know, reptile exhibits that I see, um, you know, day to day on social media and at zoos that I've visited and stuff like that is, uh, that I feel like people should really be focusing on the actual exhibit and how that can be enriching to the reptile. Because when I think it's done right and and very well and intentionally for, the reptiles welfare that touches uh, and covers a lot of your bases, uh, you know, when it comes to reptile enrichment in general, and you won't need to prioritize as much uh, if the exhibit is designed in such a way, uh, you know, that it that it does this and fulfills these needs. So, um, you know, first of all, with uh, you know reptile enrichment and with when you're designing these exhibits you really need to be thinking about uh, and looking at your goals because for this, you know, your reptile behavioral husbandry program, what does that look like? Um, what does success look like and how are you going to, uh, going to evaluate it? Because, you know, a lot of the time, um, unlike some other, uh, you know, so mammals, for example, or like a large cat, you usually know, uh, you know, when you're putting up a feed pole or some sort of Zipline, you get a sort of immediate feedback uh, with your enrichment. Uh, you know if they like it, it's a little bit easier to tell. When you get an animal that has the sort of ecology of a reptile and might be sort of lower energy uh, when you're presenting these enrichment items to them, uh, you really have to sort of redefine 
what success looks like and how you're going to actually be um, evaluating these enrichment items, you know, because if you're giving an enrichment item to a snake, uh, in all likelihood, the snake, even if it is an appropriate enrichment item uh, that is well thought out and is something that the snake is going to benefit from, it might not, you know, slither over and immediately interact in a way that you felt uh, was successful. So, um, you know, you really need to have that in mind and sort of talk amongst your team figure out what success actually looks like. What is an effective enrichment program for a reptile? And, uh, you know, how, how are you going to, you know, arrive at the point where you're like, we did it. This is a great program. What does that look like? And I usually, you know, uh, talk about people starting here, especially with reptiles. This is an important practice with every single enrichment program uh, that you're doing with any animal. But with an animal that you're not getting that sort of immediate feedback, I feel like it is even more important and sort of will allow you to move forward and create new goals as opposed to getting stuck on, uh, you know, getting this reaction or eliciting this response from an animal. So um, that's a really good place to start. So, um, you know, once you sort of sat down as a team, talked about these enrichment items, uh, talked about the program, uh, what's your goals look like, what success looks like, and how you're going to evaluate it, uh, then I think the next best place to start is to look critically at the exhibit that the reptile is in and the one that, uh, you know, they will be living in. So, because I feel like a lot of the time when I see these exhibits, um, the thing that jumps out for me when I'm looking at it from a sort of uh, you know reptile enrichment point of view is a lot of these exhibits are built for the people looking at the reptile and not necessarily for the reptile. Um, you know, uh, I I really am uh, a big believer in a lot of these. Uh, you know, with these exhibits, everything sort of needs to be intentional and serve a purpose for the animal living in it. I understand like, you know, once you hit those bases, definitely, uh, you know, making the reptile enrichment, uh, reptile exhibits um, as, you know, beautiful and aesthetically pleasing as possible is very important. But I think a lot of people start there and then they sort of, where the reptile is actually gonna live is a, sort of an afterthought um, of, you know, the actual enrichment um, and exhibit uh, design process. So when I think when you do an exhibit well, it's going to really, really benefit the reptile and really, really benefit your enrichment program. So I think this is a, a really critical step, you know, um, too often, I you know, I'm seeing, uh, you know, pools that are just concrete, clear water uh, when the a reptile that's, you know, in that exhibit is, uh, you know, from a swamp uh, sort of habitat and they, they like dense, dense cover or mud, uh, things like that. Um, you know, this concrete floor and some fake plants and some mulch, uh, really, that, that's not an exhibit that's built for that reptile, for their natural history. That's really a... Um, an exhibit that's built for the people servicing the exhibit and uh, for the people looking at the reptile. And I really think there's, there can be this great balance between, uh, you know, people being able to see the actual reptile and 
um, you know, the reptile being able to hide and being able to, you know, inhabit, um, you know, where they would actually be spending most of their time in the wild. So, um, yeah, I, I really think there's a balance there and that's something that can be achieved with a proper uh, exhibit design process. And, uh, and I sort of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, having these sort of fake plants, um, you know, hanging from the ceiling to cover up some of the uh, rock work and everything like that, those, are, those can look nice, but I really think the time and effort needs to go into what the reptile can actually, you know, plants that are purposeful for the reptile and, and, and plants that they can actually uh, use and get that sort of um, mental stimulation from. So if you're, if you're working with a reptile that, that likes dense cover, look at some of these, uh, you know, fake plants or decorative plants that you have in there and figure out, you know, is there enough um, cover for this reptile? Is there different places that it can hide with maybe different temperature gradients, uh, setting up multiple uh, heat sources and uh, setting up multiple perching locations? Um, sort of different, uh, you know, you want to make the, just like everything, you want to make the exhibit as complex as possible. And when you have these sort of barren exhibits with just some decorative plants and a heat lamp and maybe a perch for the reptile, that's not complex. That's, uh, you're only giving it a few options of things it wants to do, you know, go swim in an open pool that it would never go into in the wild, uh, go under a heat lamp all day in the same perch every single day, day in, day out, or, you know, maybe be foraging uh, if you provide them with that opportunity and in, in sort of whatever um, boring substrate is in the reptile exhibit. So, uh, you know, making it complex can also be adding different substrates, uh, adding more plants that are intentional for that reptile. You know, you can even have these plants uh, if you have a large enough exhibit or uh, if you're a little bit creative, you can also keep these plants in pots or um, plant them in such a way that you can move them around and uh, change up the exhibit and change this cover and where, uh, you know, this cover is, is actually located in the exhibit. So, uh, you know, the reptile can continuously uh, be moving around and, uh, you know, seeking that cover, uh, seeking those different perching locations. Uh, and, you know, as I said, there's that balance between having that reptile visible to the public and uh, having you know, it, where it wants to be, where it would, uh, you know, sort of, sort of realistically be found naturally. And, um, that can definitely be a tough balance to achieve, but, uh, it's definitely one, uh, that is possible. You know, you can, you can put a lot of dense cover right up against the glass. So the reptile is sort of, uh, um, right in between the grass and the plants. So people can, um, really, really see, uh, them up close uh, you can you can add uh, glass or you can you can just be creative with that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I did mention as well was this sort of concept of uh, like having this barren pool um, that doesn't really have uh, anything interesting going on. Uh, you know, and a lot of uh, um, these sort of when you have these sort of semi-aquatic uh, reptiles and, and some, you know, snakes that like to swim and, uh, you know, different uh, turtles and um, alligators and, and crocodiles and things like that, you don't really see these animals in open, clear water. You know, that's not necessarily um, that for most of these animals, that's a good way to get snatched by a bird or, uh, uh, you know, something like that. So, 
um, creating, you know, now that we've talked a little bit about creating cover on the ground of the exhibit, you know, creating cover in the actual pool is going to really encourage that animal to um, actually go into uh, the water, uh, spend a little time there because it's going to feel safe. There's no predators around that they sort of blend in. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time I recommend uh, making some sort of like aquaponics raft uh, or something like that. Uh, they do it for a lot of uh, different ponds and um, uh, stuff around the city in particular. Uh, so doing something like that, having some, you know, a floating plant mass or uh, figuring out ways of, uh, you know, maybe rigging up some fire hose kelp or uh, um, maybe some sort of uh, net or something with... Um, with different uh, camouflage on it. Um, you know, just think of ways of making this pool more complex and making it feel um, more natural for the reptile and, you know, sort of more uh, more cover and uh, a, a safer spot for it to be. And I guarantee you'll, you'll find that it's gonna be spending more time in there uh, exhibiting some of these um, natural behaviors. Uh, another thing that I recommend quite frequently, uh, you know, because people are, they not, don't often have the space to, uh, you know, make the exhibit super complex or change a whole lot because stuff is, you know, cemented in or um, stuff like that is to actually, if it's safe to do so, um, you know, make a sort of separate off exhibit, um, quote unquote, enrichment area uh, for uh, the animal that you're trying to, uh, the, this re the reptile that you're trying to enrich. Um, or, you know, adding a space in his exhibit that you can actually um, make more complex without, uh, you know, completely messing up the pool or uh, exhibit, say, for instance, if you have um, a species like we were talking about, these semi-aquatic animals that are sort of uh, in these swampy areas, you can take a, a trough, um, just like a livestock trough, and uh, make it that sort of mud pit, put it inside the exhibit, um, or uh, have it outside the exhibit in a holding area and have this sort of mud pit without completely destroying your uh, your exhibit or your water quality, whatever you're worried about. Um, and uh, you, you can even have these mobile exhibits, something like that. You, you put wheels on it and it can easily turn into a mobile exhibit. So um, it, it can be very easy to, uh, if you're constrained by exhibit size or design, uh, to actually sort of make a little temporary exhibit that's extra that's you know extra complex or it has a feature that you can't necessarily add to your current um, enrichment uh, your your current exhibit uh, you can really easily make something um, that can be quite uh, enriching for uh, the reptile that you're trying to enrich so um, yeah it, it's a I think starting with um, you know these uh, exhibit designs and making them more complex um, adding a little bit more uh, thought into uh, what the the animal is actually doing in the wild and where it's spending its time and what their environment actually looks like um, can really go a long way and I think when done properly can really really uh, cover most of your bases when we're talking about reptile enrichment and then once this is down once you're happy with this uh, then you can sort of um, go on to uh, different objects, different ways of feeding, um, stuff like that, uh, adding to their to their environment to, to really up um, the bang for your buck with the enrichment. So uh, definitely something to think about and uh, something that I sort of wanted to make a quick little episode about. Um, so uh, yeah, I hope I hope you enjoyed and I hope you sort of learned something. 
And I hope you start thinking a little bit about uh, your reptiles exhibits and how they can be made to be a little bit more enriching. So we are uh, always looking for new things to podcast about. And uh, uh, I decided to put out a little survey, uh, a Google form, um, that if you feel like you uh, or your team or your facility that you work for is doing something uh, that you know no one else is doing or people need to know about that's really benefiting the animals that you're working with, uh, you know, increasing that animal welfare and uh, can be really uh, a game changer for somebody out there, uh, you know, or if you just want to share one of your enrichment ideas or wins or uh, something to do uh, with, you know, enrichment and uh, animal welfare, uh, you can go on my social media, uh, fill out this form, and then we can have you on the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, you know, it's a, a pretty informal, uh, fun way to get some information out and really help us to, you know, inspire other people that may be in a situ same, similar situation as you. Um, and educate people about uh, sort of the options out there and what everybody else is doing. So if you like the sounds of that, uh, on my social media, you can find uh, the Google form, in particular on Facebook. If you look at Wild Enrichment on Facebook, uh, you'll find that there. Uh, so I look forward to uh, chatting with some of you, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Take care, guys. <laughs>